In this episode of Comments Over Coffee, we're talking about simplifying the YouTube algorithm, writing scripts, bullet points, and how to put all that together. So grab your cup tumbler mug because we're starting right now. Welcome to Comments Over Coffee, where you will learn how to get better at YouTube and online video over a cup of coffee. Pour a cup for your host, Nick Nimmin. If this is your first time here, I want to let you know that all of the comments from this show are brought to you from the comment sections of my YouTube videos, from other YouTube communities online. And if you want to submit your comment, go to commentsovercoffee.com. Our very first comment is from the JW Chronicles. The JW Chronicles says, I'm fairly new to YouTube and I actually had no idea there was an algorithm that YouTube ran to determine recommended videos. Is there any other info that you can give on this? Thanks, the JW Chronicles. So thank you for your comment, the JW Chronicles. So when it comes to the YouTube algorithms, um, it's actually algorithms because there's a lot of algorithms that run YouTube. To my understanding, there's pretty much an algorithm on most parts of the platform. So if there's like something that happens on YouTube, there's an algorithm that is basically tracking that and keeping an eye on that. But in terms of how complicated everything is, of course, I'm not an engineer. But what I can tell you is that through the experience that I have on my channel, through the experience that I have working with other people on their channels, that there are certain things that you do in order to make sure that your videos show up. And to simplify that, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is being able to get a response on your content through all aspects of putting it out there. Here's what I mean. So basically the process is this. Your video first gets shown to somebody on the platform, right? Your thumbnail and your title. That is the very first point of contact with a new viewer or a returning viewer. Once that is shown, people either click on it or they don't. If they click on it, we'll just say that's a positive point. They come into your video. From there, the next place where you get a response or where you have to get a response is they watch your video for a certain period of time. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer out and say that short videos can also do very well on YouTube, but... Typically, what YouTube is trying to judge us on is how much watch time we generate per impression, but they're also keeping in mind through all these different algorithms, they're also keeping in mind the overall viewer experience. So because of that, the reason that I simplify it down to you just want to get a response all the way through is because that ultimately is what you're trying to do. Because if you can get a response all the way through the chain, which we're going to go over here in a second, but if you can get a response all the way through the chain, then what that means is you are giving a good viewer experience. And then if you do that, and people keep coming back to your channel and so on, then YouTube is going to promote you on the platform because your channel and your content basically become deemed as high performers. So basically how this whole thing goes together is, like I said before, you have your thumbnail and your title. So that gets shown to somebody on the platform. They decide to click on that or not. If they do, there's a point. So if they come to your actual video content, then from there, how people respond to your video content is also going to determine how YouTube is going to promote you on the platform. So a lot of people have the misunderstanding that if you have a high click-through rate on your thumbnail, that then YouTube is automatically going to promote you on the platform. But the thing is, is typically when you start getting a lot of views on your video and a lot of clicks on your thumbnails, typically that will drive down the click-through rate on your thumbnail, right? So because of that, typically if you have like a very high volume video, if you can keep your click-through rate on your thumbnail something respectable, like let's say like a 5% or an 8% or a 10% after you're getting like tons of views on it, that's that you're doing pretty good, okay? Now, in addition to the click-through rate on your thumbnails and your titles, another thing that's happening is people come to your video and they start watching your content. Now from there, 
They can engage further with what it is that you're doing in terms of leaving likes, leaving comments, sharing your content, adding your content to playlists so they can come back and watch it later, adding content to playlists and sharing it with other people so they can watch it, things like that. They can also embed your videos on websites and that sort of thing, um, which is also you know another form of people engaging with what it is that you're doing. They can also click on your YouTube cards. They can answer polls through your cards. They can also subscribe to your channel. They can also give it a thumbs down because I talked about giving it a thumbs up. They can give it a thumbs down as well. And they can also click on your in-screen elements, which will take them to another video. Or they can pick another one of your videos from these videos that are being recommended to them. They can even click on a pinned comment to go deeper into your content, into some of your videos, into a specific video or a playlist as well. So. What I want you to think about is when people are responding to your content, if they click on your thumbnail, they start watching your video, then in that particular situation, if they're watching your video for a longer period of time and they're doing these other forms of engagement, then YouTube will deem that video as something that people are into because you're getting that response at the at the click. You're getting that response with people watching and then you're getting that additional response of people embedding your video places, people sharing your video, people adding it to playlists and come back and watching later and so on. And YouTube specifically says in the Creator Academy, which is free, put out by YouTube, every content creator should go through it. If you just Google YouTube Creator Academy, it'll show up. But in the YouTube Creator Academy, they say that if somebody goes deeper into the platform from your video, that YouTube is more likely to promote that video elsewhere on the platform. So what that means is, let's say somebody's watching your video. If they're watching your video and they click on your end screen, they just went deeper in, right? So because of that, the video that they originated from is more likely to get promoted elsewhere because not only did they watch your video, but they went and they start watching another video. This is where playlists start to get really powerful because if you can build playlists around certain groups of content, then you can basically drive people from video to video to video and you kind of loop them around through the content. And by doing that, you're basically showing YouTube that, hey, somebody comes to one of these videos, I'm going to have them watching even more content, which increases your ability to show them ads, right? Because at the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. But one thing that I want you to keep in mind with this when it comes to that response is it's really important to not get stuck in the weeds, right? It's really important, especially because you said that you're a new content creator. It's really important to not get overwhelmed with all of this stuff, because I mean, they have white papers that you can download that explain, you know, like their collaborative filtering and all this other stuff that they do. Um, they basically explain specifically how they recommend videos and all of that. And the thing with that is as a new content creator, in my opinion, yes, you should make sure that you're developing at least a basic understanding of this stuff. And that's what I'm telling you right now. You want to work on that response all the way through. It's also important that you keep people coming back to your channel, which is why making content that is around a specific niche is also really important, niche or niche, whichever way you prefer to say it. But that's where that is really important because that also keeps people coming back to your channel on a regular basis, which also shows that the channel is a high performer, right? So people keep coming back, they keep watching videos, the notifications go out, they keep pouring in. And that is basically telling the algorithms on YouTube that this is high response content. People are responding to this. And YouTube says, that instead of worrying about what the algorithm likes, and I'm going to mess this up just a little bit, but it's really close. But it's like, instead of worrying about what the algorithm likes, think about what your audience likes instead. If the audience watches, then the algorithm will follow, right? So basically what that means is if people are responding, then YouTube's going to promote your content. If people are not responding, there are 
tons of other videos on the platform. Over 500 hours of videos are uploaded every minute to YouTube. And there's tons of content. If your content does not carry the weight in terms of them sending viewers to your content and people not responding to it, then if yours doesn't carry the weight, then they're going to shift attention to another video that does carry the weight that does get a high response. So when it comes to the algorithms, what you want to do is you just want to break the whole thing down and you want to focus on how do I get people to click? How do I get people to watch? How do I get people to do all these different forms of engagement? And how in the world do I keep people going deeper into my content? <laughs> so all of that is really, really important when it comes to um, when it comes to doing this stuff, because it's it's so easy as content creators to really get lost in all of these nuances of things to do because there's so much to learn. There's so much information to consume, not just on the YouTube specific side of things, but on how to actually make the content itself. I mean, just making good videos alone is a huge chore. So when it comes to like the algorithms of YouTube, just breaking it down and thinking, how can I keep people coming back? How can I keep people engaging through all of this response chain. If I can do that, then YouTube is going to promote my content and then my channel will grow over time. And then I will be able to take advantage of YouTube as a platform to interact with other people, grow a community, possibly make money, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. Now, when it comes to people coming back to the channel, this again, like I was saying before, and I think I kind of trailed off a little bit, but what I was saying before in terms of the niche content you know, like when you're putting out videos around a specific topic for a specific type of viewer, the thing there is a lot of the videos that you put out are going to get responded to when those notifications go out, which is going to start generating a lot of activity on your channel when you publish that new content. This is another place where having a vibrant personality comes in or having like really high entertainment content comes in. Like when when people see your video, if you're an entertainer, like somebody like Mr. Beast, right? When, when you're an entertainer and people are responding to your content at such a high level, then in that situation, YouTube's algorithms know that, hey, if this video goes out in front of people, they're going to click on it, right? He's really good at making thumbnails people click on. He's really good at making content people watch with, engage, share with each other, share on Twitter to bring new people into YouTube, right? Embedded on their websites to bring new people into YouTube. So because of that, you have all of these different advantages working for people that are really good at that, like Mr. Beast, that keep people coming into the platform, keep people responding and keep people on platform so that they can show them more ads. So your job as a content creator, new or experienced, is to work on all aspects of that chain of response. If you can get people to respond to all aspects of what it is that you're doing, then you'll do better on YouTube. As soon as you start dropping the ball, then you'll see your numbers go down. You'll see things decrease because you got comfortable or, you know, you stopped focusing on making sure that you're giving value to the viewers and you'll start seeing that, you know, you'll start seeing that reflected in how YouTube treats you. So at the end of the day, you just want to focus on getting a response. Before we get into the next question, a quick word from our sponsor. Tubertools.com has professionally designed thumbnail templates, graphics that remind your viewers to subscribe to your channel, end screen graphics, channel art, motion transitions, and more to help you level up your presence on YouTube. Save 20% on your membership by going to tubertools.com forward slash coffee or using the promo code coffee if you make a purchase from our store. Get everything you need for your YouTube channel at tubertools.com. This next question is from Sofa Toot Ogre. <laughs> That's a fun channel name to say. Uh, Sofa Toot Ogre says, do you read a script as you're talking on camera? How are you doing that? 
And how can someone else do that? So Sofa Toot Ogre, thank you for the comment. I appreciate it. So when it comes to my content, a lot of people do this in a lot of different ways, but when it comes to my content, for the content that I make for my YouTube channel, I typically use bullet points or bullet points with notes attached. And the reason for that is I used to use scripts. I used to script word for word everything that I said. I would even write in jokes and things like that. But what I noticed was when I was communicating with a script, I was more focused on making sure that I was saying things correctly and saying things according to the script. I was more focused on that than actually communicating. So what I found is once I actually went off of scripts and I started working off of bullet points, basically I had the idea that I'm going to talk about, but then I just communicated that idea in a more natural way, in a way that I communicate anyway. So my interpretation of that was that I was just giving people a more authentic version of myself through the way that I was communicating when I used bullet points instead of a script, right? Now, I make content for other people too. And through some of the content that I make for other people, I have to write scripts for them. So when I write scripts for them, it's because they have to actually clear that content because it's going on their YouTube channel. So they have to actually clear word for word exactly what it is that I'm going to say to make sure that everything's okay before I actually record the video. So you can tell if you watch one of those videos versus you watch one of the videos on my channel, it's a totally different experience. And the reason for that is because one of them is scripted. So I'm focusing on making sure that I say the right thing because I have to, right? I have to say it word for word because it's a company paying me to do this, right? And then on my channel, I'm just freestyling and communicating just like I'm doing right here that you're listening to right now in your ear. I'm communicating the same exact way in my videos, which is a lot more loose. It's a lot more free and it's a lot more me. Now, here's something interesting. When I started going off of bullet points, people started responding to my content more. Remember how in that first question, we were talking about how important it is to get that response. When I started working off of bullet points, people started responding to my content more. In addition to that, it started making content for me a lot more fun to make, which might have also kind of helped in terms of getting that response. So the real interesting thing that I noticed, though, was, hey, when I'm doing it off of bullet points, and I'm just kind of having fun with it. People are responding more versus when I do the scripts, they just don't respond as much. So what I want you to do when you are thinking of, hey, should I use scripts? Should I use bullet points? How should I do all that? I actually recommend that you try both. Depending on the type of content that you make, of course, in some cases, you're going to have to do scripts. In some cases, if you're making like educational content and you have to recite stats and that sort of thing or just technical details, then in that kind of situation, you're going to have to at least keep notes on the parts where you are either taking people through a process or you are reciting stats or something, right? But when it comes to bullet points, it just gives you the opportunity to communicate in a much more natural way than you normally would if you were writing scripts. At least that's my opinion and my experience. I know some people, they like to have a scripted thing that they're going to say. They also like to just stare into a teleprompter and basically just talk it out that way. It's just not my personal way to do it. And that's why I encourage you with all of this stuff, with everything. I encourage you to test it in different ways and see what way works best for you. See if you find a way that makes yourself more comfortable. Because at the end of the day, look, if you're a content creator, if you've been on the platform for a while, you know this already, but if you're new, you're going to make a ton of content over time. Like if this is something that you are looking into as like a long game, this is something that you're going to focus on for the long term, like you're going to make a ton of content. So you have plenty of videos that you can experiment with that you can try to find out what is best for you. And that's actually called something. It's called finding your voice. And basically what finding your voice is, is, you know, once you figure out, hey, I'm going to use script or bullet points, or I'm going to use bullet points with notes or whatever, 
then what that does is you start getting comfortable with how you're doing it and you find this happy spot, so to speak, that you know every time you turn on the camera that you can deliver, right? And you know that when you deliver, you're confident, you're comfortable, and you just do your thing. And that is kind of finding your voice on YouTube or, you know, with any type of thing like this, even podcasts or whatever. It's basically just finding that comfortable spot to where you're confident, you're comfortable, and you communicate in a way that makes sense to you and that you enjoy. I would like to invite you to give a written review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. It would really do me a huge solid because the more reviews that I get, the more it helps the different platforms show my podcast to other people. So I'd really appreciate that. Hopefully you learned something today and thanks for having a coffee with me. Get show notes, resources, and more over at commentsovercoffee.com or grab yourself a refill and listen to another episode.